Our Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah chapters 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it, and it said, Now this, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard it, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. A reading from Paul's letters to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 to 17. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father... It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. How many of you use a computer on a regular basis? Let's see a show of hands. And I don't mean just because you have a computer in your car. All right. How many of you would say, of those, would you say you use your computer, like your personal or desktop computer, every single day? Oh, that's a lot of people. Okay, here's another question. Since you know computers so well, how well do you think, how exactly do you think you could define the words hardware and software? Think you could define for me, oh, I saw some hands back here. You think you can define hardware and software? Skip, you raise your hand. Can you tell me what hardware is? Hardware is the machine. Okay. Software is then what? The programs. Very good. Well done. You guys get an A for today. This is, I want all our graduates to notice that. <laughs> so many times, you know, we, we, we do, though, have a general idea of what something is. We use it all the time. But we're, we might be hard put to it to say exactly what it is or to put it into words. 
So I went, just in case we didn't know what hardware and software were, I went to a computer terminology dictionary, online, of course, to look up what it said about hardware and software. This is what it said. Hardware. Computer hardware is the physical parts of the computer and related devices. Internal hardware devices include motherboards, hard drives, and RAM. External hardware devices include monitors, keyboards, mice, I love that part, mice, and scanners. I always want to say mouses, computer mouses, but mice and scanners. So it's just like Skip said, it's the machinery. It's the external, physical part of the computer. Software, it, this says, is a general term for computer programs. Related terms such as software programs, applications, scripts, and that's something Alex knows a lot about, instruction sets, all fall under the category of computer software. Software, though, can be difficult to describe because it is virtual or not physical, like computer hardware. Instead, software consists of lines of code written by computer programmers that have been compiled into a computer program. So everybody's got it now, right? Next time somebody comes up and says, what's hardware and what's software? You're all ready to answer them. I, I read these definitions over, and there's actually more to them. I boiled them down a little bit. I read them over and over again. And what I kept coming back to with software was the idea that software is difficult to describe because it is virtual and not physical. And I thought, wow, that's exactly the problem that we have with the Holy Spirit and describing what the Holy Spirit is and does. You can't see the Spirit. You can't feel it, like, you know, as in, you know, using your sense of touch. You can't really put it into words and describe it most of the time. Even, even churches and clergy have trouble with this because it is virtual. You heard, that was what Dave was talking about with the children this morning, that, you know, can you see air? You know, we, that's a great metaphor for the Holy Spirit. You can't see air, but you can see the things it does, and you know that it's inside you. So we often use that to describe the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus himself used wind as a metaphor for the Spirit when he was talking to Nicodemus at night. And he said, the wind, you know, you can't see it, the Spirit, but it will come and go just like the wind does. He said, Jesus described the Spirit as a comforter and an advocate a teacher. And he said, this is what he said. He said, when I'm gone physically, the spirit will come and live in you. So even Jesus was showing you there's a difference between the physical side of God and the spirit. That still doesn't make it easy to describe though, does it? I mean, God, God, we get God, especially God, the creator. We just, you, you don't need to uh, have that explained to you. you. You look outside and you see mountains, and trees, and sunshine, and sunrises, and sunsets, and a newborn baby. And you look at all those things and you go, oh, I understand God, the creator, when I see those things. Or maybe you see them in a storm. I love that Psalm 29, because it has that description of this, you know, mighty wind of God stripping the trees of their leaves. Have you ever stood in the midst of a, of a cracking good storm? where there's wind and rain and thunder and lightning and sound and fury, and it's just, you just kind of want to cry out like they do in, the, in that psalm, glory! You just can feel God in these big things. 
We feel God in the big and the wondrous and in the little tiny blessings and in our daily bread. We get it. We get God, the creator and the provider and the Lord of heaven and earth. We get that, right? And Jesus, well, Jesus is easy. I mean, Jesus, the whole point of Jesus was that he came as one of us. So we could, we could see God and touch God. Jesus came as a baby at Christmas. That's why we like Christmas so much, right? Because it's kind of a touchable God. And, and Jesus came touching people and healing them. And he was, you know, he was a baby, a son, a brother, a, um, a worker, a victim, a healer. All those things that we could understand and equate. A carpenter. He was very real and physical. And we get that. It's easy to understand Jesus, but the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is so virtual. It's <laughs> a great word for it. So virtual, not physical. It's really hard to describe the Holy Spirit. But so let's keep going with that, though, and thinking about how, that, how a software program can be similar to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the God program that's running in each and every one of us, that each one of us has access to. I think of it this way, that God wrote the program. Jesus installed the program. And the Holy Spirit is the thing, the program that's running in every single one of us. It is our teacher and our comforter and our strength and the giver of gifts. It's all in there. It's kind of like the old Manwich commercials, you know? It's all in there. All those things that we need and want to experience of God. Paul was getting at this when he was writing to the Romans. He said, you are not living according to the physical anymore. That's, that, that part is dead. You're not, you don't need to be driven by your hungers and your desires and what the world tells you to do and, and the way you think you need to be or because you're afraid of things. None of that is the thing that needs to drive you and help you make your decisions anymore and tell you what to do. That's all external. That's the hardware. What we're living by now is the software, the spirit that's within us. And it's the spirit that's going to help us pray. And it's the spirit that makes us one people. It's the spirit that allows us to call God Father. He says Abba, the word that Jesus would have used for Father. It is, and that word is something he says all of us get to use the same word for God now. We're all one people because of this program that's running in every single one of us. That is the Holy Spirit that's, that's giving us guidance of how to do something. We have that within us now, Paul says. So don't listen to the physical anymore. Let yourselves live by the Spirit and, and participate in the physical Jesus through things like communion, like we're going to have today. And the suffering of Jesus, we participate that in that. And then we become part of the whole Jesus plan. And we, we're no longer slaves, but we're children. And not just any kids. We're, we're the favorite kids. <laughs> we're the ones that get to inherit and live with, with our father in the kingdom forever and ever. This is what the whole, this is some software program that's running in each one of us. Isaiah, we heard a passage from Isaiah. Isaiah saw glory in the temple. Now remember in Isaiah's time, their understanding was that's where God was or could come to on earth. God could basically only touch our lives and come into our lives in the temple, in human lives in the temple. 
So Isaiah was in the temple and saw the glory of God, had this experience where he experienced in a physical and a spiritual way the presence of God. And so that when he got to the end of this glorious, you know, moment and he hears his voice say, whom shall I send? You know, it's me, 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 here I am, send me. He has this powerful experience. And what Paul maybe would say to that was, guess what? You don't need the temple anymore. Here's the temple. He even says that later on. Paul says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. You know, we, the glory is here. Listen to it. And when it's calling you, you know, it's going to call sometimes. Whom shall I send? And we're going to go, me, 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 because we experience the glory within each one of us. Today is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, Trinity Sunday. So that gives us a, an opportunity to explore all the different ways that we experience God especially as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you pay attention in any worship service, you'll hear us use Father, Son, Holy Spirit language, Trinity language. You know, sometimes we pray to God, sometimes to Jesus, sometimes to the Holy Spirit. Our doxology every week is usually in the form of the Trinity. So it's there. This is how we understand God. But it always takes a little, we take, it takes a little effort to get the Holy Spirit up and running and understand that aspect of God. We are also recognizing and blessing our graduates who are here among us today. I think this is a perfect Sunday to do that because all of you who are graduates out there, your lives are changing. You're going to be going into new places, living new places, living away from a regular church home. You're going to be learning new things, meeting new people. What better time is it is there to be reminded that, guess what? God goes with you. The Holy Spirit goes with you. This is the ultimate Wi-Fi. You know, you're connected no matter where you go to the Holy Spirit and to God through this program that is running within each of you. So that you have this as your, your teacher, your advocate, your comforter, the thing that helps you pray, the thing that's going to empower you to love people and serve people in the world. This is it. You've got it. You know, we can bless you and you're going to go, but God's got you covered. You've got it wherever you go. At the beginning of the year 2008, so going a year and a half ago, my daughter Kirsten went to England for a semester abroad at York St. John University. And while there, many of you know this, while there she fell in love with a British boy. And a lot of people have said, oh, that's tough. You know, these long-distance relationships can be really difficult. But Kirsten and Mark timed it well. They fell in love when there was such a thing as Skype in existence. And for those of you who don't know what Skype is, it is a software program that you can load into your computer and talk computer to phone, or better yet, computer to computer. And better yet, if you both have a camera and a microphone, you basically see each other as you're talking to each other. You see and hear each other, and you are virtually face-to-face. -face. Virtually still, I mean, you can't touch, but it comes pretty close. Kirsten will even carry, she'll carry her laptop around the house with her, you know. Oh, Mark, I'm going to eat lunch now. You're coming with me, you know. It's, it's like, it's great. <laughs> this, this, I don't know how they would have done it without the Skype, I'll tell you that. I went on the Skype website recently, and, I, and I, this was their slogan. Stay closer every day. Stay closer every day. And I thought, well, that could be a slogan for the Holy Spirit within us. Stay closer to God every day. Stay closer to God every day. You all have the hardware. You all have the software. You have access to God. 
All you need to do is listen and see the glory within each and every one of you. Thanks be to God. Amen. We're actually going to, before the offering time here, we're going to begin our communion service because that is the way, as you'll see, uh, if, you were, if you want to look and follow it in the hymnal, you'll see that that's how it's set up, that the communion service wraps around our offering time in, in a natural way anyways. I'm going to invite you, you can follow the service on the screen or you can turn to page 12 in your hymnal to follow the service. And I invite you to listen and pay attention within the communion service to how it addresses Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we will begin with the invitation, and we'll have a confession, prayer of confession in a moment. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.